Yo, welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One. And this is bonus episode. I believe this is bonus episode number six. So uh, we like to mix in a couple bonus episodes with the Zoom calls for special guests. So if you caught our last episode, we had uh, episode number 36. We had Corey Nichols uh, with Destiny's Rescue. Uh, they're rescuing kids from the sex trafficking. Uh, very good episode. If you haven't heard that episode, uh, check it out. Uh, definitely one you got to listen to. Um, but before we get started, I have one ad I got to I gotta announce right here, and uh, it's kind of close to my heart. It's an organization called Hope and Promises. So Hope and Promises is a nonprofit organization that goes out and gives uh, clothing, food, uh, medical to uh, needy families that have been either, uh, you know, put out on the street that have uh, maybe some physical uh, disabilities. Uh, maybe they have some problems. Maybe it's just a, uh, an act of, a, of, a, of nature, you know, a disaster. So they'll go into these communities, help provide food, clothing, shelter. Uh, definitely a good organization to get behind. So if you want to check them out, check them out at www.hopeandpromises.com. Definitely an organization I back, not only because I love what they're doing, but because it's family. My brother-in-law, Art Pena, and my sister, they have uh, a great organization there. So get behind that, hopeandpromises.com. But now that we're done with all of that, uh, I got to introduce my guest here. So I'm very excited about this guest. And as you know, I always got to play a little bit of a banger for my guests as they come in. So got a little bit, better, little bit of a... Um, it, an NY kind of beat here You know, it, it matches the culture Where this guy's from um, He's an actor Been an actor since the early 90s um, He is a overcomer He is a uh, He's a guy that overcame drug addiction He's been in movies With some of the best stars around He's done some directing He's done a little bit of uh, helping his community. I mean, he's on the front line now, uh, giving back to the community, helping anybody he can. Matter of fact, before we got started, he put me on pause twice because he had to take a call. And he was telling me about how he was helping this kid from L.A. where, you know, I'm from. But without further ado, I want to welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast a very special guest, Lilo Brancato Jr. What is up, man? What's going on, buddy? Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, been following your career, um, man, like I said, since since Bronxdale, man. And uh, you you uh, you got that role. You you've got a, you have a lot of other movies that you did. You're on The Sopranos. You did all this stuff, man. And uh, but uh, I was looking at uh, your filmography and all that stuff. And then uh I saw something I didn't know, you know, right off the bat. You were, you're not Italian. You were, you were adopted, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy story because I, I heard you were, you're, you're Colombian. Right. So this is the, this is the cool thing I like about this. Like, I, I know you just finished a movie uh, made in Mexico, right? Right. Well, no, that one we finished a while ago. It just came out. Well, it's not out all over yet. It was out on the hotel channel. And then it was on this app called v Views. Views. Right. V I yeah V I O Z Views or Viaz. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, but 
Yeah, we're on that app. Uh, and I guess they're, you know, trying to make a deal now with some of the other streaming platforms. But I just finished a film called Sleepyhead. Okay. Um, that one, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a really, really well-written script and it's it's really cool. I, I Very think, unique. I think we'll I've think actually posted a clip on my Instagram. I saw that. I saw that. When the guy comes in with the mask. You were, you were like a construction worker and stuff, right? Yeah, Con Edison, right, with yeah, the hard hat. Yeah, yeah. So I, what I was getting what I was getting at about that that movie made in Mexico was that you played like you didn't play an Italian guy, right? No, I played a Mexican, Armando Ochoa, right? So I, I think that's pretty cool. This is what I think was cool about it because you you played a lot of different roles. I mean, your look, I mean, people people you know automatically go to a Bronx Tale and, and, and kind of say, "Well, he's Italian, perfect match." But when I saw you in that Made in Mexico, I was like. He he pulls that off. I was like, he pulls that off. I go, how does he Did pull that? You watch the film? No, I haven't watched it. Oh, okay. You just saw like the, I saw some the clips. Uh, my, the the podcast follows Mario Lopez. He's a jujitsu guy and all that stuff. We're into jujitsu over here, so uh, been following him for a minute. So when I when I seen the clip, I was like, hey, that's Lilo, man. He's 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 pulling it off. He looks like he's some some Mexican uh, cartel guy. I mean, he he. I mean, that's pretty good that you get to pull off. A lot of different roles like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm blessed because my look, I mean, I am Latin American, but I was raised by Italian, so I could come across as both of those. And, you know, maybe Mediterranean, Greek, you know, like there's a lot, you know, physically that I can pull off. But as far as acting wise, that's a different story. But as far as physically, because of the dark features, well, I was going to say the dark hair, but that's no longer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, uh, you know what I mean. at least you got a great head, man, because yeah, you know what I mean? Like I shave my head too. And I'm like, man, you know, there's some dudes with the, with some massive weird looking shaped heads and they try to shave their head. It's like, bro, let your hair grow back. But yeah, no, I know. Thank God, man. I'm so blessed when I first shaved it. I saw like, oh, man, I was doing it slow. And then I remember when I was away at college, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. When I first got upstate at a place called downstate, they shave your head. <clears throat> and back then, cause the, you know, for lice and stuff to delice you, and when I when they did it back then, I mean, I obviously had hair still, but they let I let it grow right back. But I'll tell you what, when they shaved my head, I was able to see that I have a pretty good, you know, shaped head. Pretty good dome. And, you know, it, it's gonna work <laughs> for me. Like, thank God, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that's dope, man. Um, so you get adopted at a very young age, right? Four months, I I saw, and then uh, to an Italian family, uh, a, a good Italian family, right? Oh, the best, the best. I mean, and, and uh, you are raised Italian. What, what the, the one the one thing I wanted to ask you about that? Were you a street savvy kid? You know what I mean? Because in the movie, you know, Bronx Hill, you, you, I mean, you seem like you know what's up, and and you know what I mean by that. So, in in your neighborhood, were you already like a street savvy kid? Not in a bad way, but you know what's up. You were you were. Well, yeah, I mean, like you know, I wasn't out there, you know, committing crimes or anything, but I was street savvy, you know, enough. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty dope because uh, you, you're, you're not going to profess that I was like some arch criminal. No, but, no, you know, no. You know, just a neighborhood kid. I mean, yeah, grew up yeah, in a yeah, good absolutely. family, but absolutely. you know, you, you knew the routine in the streets. You knew who who was who, and, and and you knew who to stay away from. And uh, yeah, more or less, absolutely. So absolutely. were you a were you a good kid? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, not like 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 a kid. You know, respected his parents, came home every night. Uh, uh, you know, I was a joker in school. You know, I like to yeah, play I was around. A joker too. I, I like to play around a lot in school. 
I wasn't really a good kid. No, I was a bad, very bad kid. I, I was so bad that like people used to move out of the neighborhood. Like, because uh, I'm not even like, no, I was really, really a bad kid. I always used to try to push the envelope. I always used to try to like, let me see if I, you know what it is? It's because like, even though like when we were kids, I always knew the concept of what free will was like free will. I have the free will right now to go say something so fucked up in this person's ear that will ruin their life. You know what I mean? Right. Like everything's quiet and I know that I have the power by one whisper in this person's ear to change everything up right now. And once in a while as a kid, I used to I used to take myself up on that. And I used to say crazy things to people. They'd be like, what? And it's, <laughs> you know, I'm not it was, you know, like really bad stuff. Like, you know, like stuff that I'm not even, you know, like I'm ashamed of now. And, but you know, that was me as a kid. So I was, I was a bad kid. I got thrown out of schools and I never had, I, I always was a very good student though. I always did really well. I was an honor roll student and I really didn't even try, but I did well academically. But as far as like my behavior and stuff, I mean, I got thrown out of St. Anne's. I got thrown out of Westlake. I got thrown out of Sacred Heart. I got thrown out of a lot of schools. So, you, know. you know, one thing I, I noticed in, in you're really articulate. And the one thing I noticed that I was tripping out on a lot of your interviews um, from the very beginning after you got out from college until now is you have a great memory to the T. I was I was I was uh, I was listening to something and you were you throw dates out like and names out like specifically like. You know, September 26th. I, I remember that date. Well, something happened on September 26th. I, I, you, I think you get. You said you got kicked out of school, and I was like, "That was what? Sacred Heart." I go. I was. I, mean, we, I was. Thinking, I didn't even let. You know what it is? I went there for ninth grade. That was tenth grade. September 26th. So basically, I remember that day just because it's like I didn't even last till October because they put me and my friend Paul Agostino because you know alphabetical order because he came ninth grade, but he went to another school just to play football because we didn't have football. So after football season was over, then he transferred over there because <laughs> he was from there. And I knew I knew of him, but I know his cousin Anthony, George. I know all of them. So I was heard about Paulie, but like as soon as we met each other, it was like we knew each other. You know what I mean? Right. And we were troublemakers. You know what I mean? We but, I, but I always trip out because you remember dates, even with your yeah, with yeah, your yeah. with your case and names, and you're just like, no, it was so and so. It was this family. It was these people. It was it was on this date, and I was like, you know why? Because like. People say, like, how do you remember dates? And the way I do it is, whatever date it is, there's always a significant date around that date. So you either add or subtract. So, okay, that was Tuesday. And Valentine's Day or Easter was Sunday. So if that was the 20th, okay, that's the 28th. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's usually the way I do it. There's always a significant date around there. Or maybe even not, maybe significant to me. Like, it could be my mom's birthday. Okay, my mom's birthday, we celebrated... September 17th, that was the Wednesday. So it's got to be uh, September 21st. You know what I mean? Just That's the way I do it. Just, yeah, I was I was It tripping. works, though. It works. Yeah, I was chipping out on that. If you try to remember a significant date around that, you'll, you'll get it. Yeah, it's even, even when you talk like about your, your case and stuff, like, I was just like, this dude was on it. Like, he, he knew dates. He knew times. He knew exactly what was going on. And I, and I think, like, that takes a highly intelligent person to me because that, that, that helps you with your learning, right? And everything and, and just gathering stuff that puts a lot of things. And then I was thinking about your role. It's the perspective because you have like a timeline, right? You have a, a, a timeline, you know what I mean? And it just makes things easier. You know what I mean? But yeah, as far as learning all that stuff with the law and all that, I had to. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, like they were trying to put me away forever for something like, 
I've taken full responsibility, you know, and I did, you know, I got sentenced to 10 years. And I think 10 years is about exactly what I should have done. I didn't have a gun that night. Right. I didn't shoot anyone. I got shot myself. Let, let's, and I wonder if it wasn't a cop. I wonder if it wasn't a cop. Yeah. If the media would have sensationalized this whole thing as much as they did. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Let, media's a bunch of scumbag bloodsuckers. Oh, That's yeah. all they are. They don't care. Care about people's families. They write whatever. They don't know what people are going through based on what you're writing, the stuff that you're writing and that right. we're reading, we know is not real and you're destroying us. You're hurting us so bad by this stuff. You're making me out to be a killer. I've never been in trouble before. Yeah. I'm, I'm 30 years old when I got in trouble. I've never been in trouble before. Never, except for like possession, you know. So now you're trying to sell that. Never been in trouble in 30 years, but let's go out and kill a cop like now. It doesn't happen like that. Right. It just doesn't, you Do know. You, okay, so you... You're 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 you were in Bronx Tale. You got discovered. You worked with. I mean, you out the box. You're working with some of the greats. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, Hero's like one of the greatest, and to a lot of people, he is. You know, Pesci was in that movie. Chaz oh, yeah. was in that movie. There's yeah. there's a number of, of of great actors. A lot of the guys in the in the movie were were neighborhood guys too that they just pulled right. in. I uh, mean, Pesci and De Niro. As far as Palminteri, he was like we were on the same level at that time. He he didn't. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew who I was. And as far as an actor, I mean, you know, I think he's, you know, I think he's good. I think he's very good, but I don't put him on the level of, no, of no, De Niro. No, no. no. I know? mean, well, he's, De Niro's one of the greatest of all time. I yeah, mean, when people say you've worked with, oh, you worked with Palminteri, De Niro, like, Palminteri's not on that level. And yeah, he but, knows it, too. And, and, and you've done some roles with, uh, some movies with uh, Gene Hackman. He's, you know, he was, a lot of the younger people don't know him, but he's awesome. one of the greatest. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't been around. I mean, but let's think of I mean, he was still he was still Popeye, man. He was still French Connection. Yeah, French yeah. Connections. You know, yeah, Hackman, Denzel Washington, G, uh, DeVito. Yeah, you know what I mean. Penny Marshall, who directed Tony Scott, who directed uh, Crimson Tide. You know, Tony Scott was he directed Days of Thunder. He directed Top Gun. I'm on Fire. You know, Last Boy Scout. He did so many. You know, right. uh, he was the director. I, he I worked with him twice. I worked with him in Enemy Enemy of the State with Will Smith. Great flick. And I worked on uh, Crimson Tide. And believe it or not, that guy, Tony Scott, committed suicide. He had uh, inoperable brain cancer. Wow. And there was nothing they could do, and he just he jumped off a bridge. And uh, he literally pulled up to the bridge with his Prius, his electric Prius, <clears throat> and uh, he jumped off the bridge. That guy was one of the best around. Tony Scott was a British guy, and his, brother's, his brother was Ridley Scott. Really, yeah. Alien, yeah. Blade Runner, Gladiator, you know, Gladiator. I mean, these guys, these guys were like yeah. biggest Top around. And, and Tony Scott, he was a British guy. He would say, "Okay, man, yeah, okay, man, yeah." He would get me all fired up. He was a really, really good guy. I would have loved to see him the second time around and work with him again. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you get discovered, man. You're on. You do Bronx Tale, and uh, I, I I heard an interview where you said that you were already messing around a little bit, you know, and, and dabbling in drugs, drinking as a youth, you know. Before Bronx Tale? During Bronx Tale. Well, yeah, Bronx Tale is when it started, the marijuana. Drinking I did before, but nothing like crazy, you know, like. So just just youth just want to experiment and get high a little yeah, bit. Yeah, then, you know, then on the set of the Bronx Tale, you know, uh, the kid, you know, the kid who shot Sonny, he drove me home. He was supposed to be sick. He, that's that's the heard. kid that they had, but I then heard. they found me, and then they gave me the part and gave him the part where he shot Sonny. Um, 
<clears throat> he wanted one of the roles as my friends, but it wouldn't have worked because he was 21. And we were all like 16, 17. Yeah. At that age, five years is a big difference. Right. When you're 43 and 48, you know what I mean? It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, but 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 then it is. But uh yeah, but it was it was all it was nothing really back then. Like like you said, a little dabbling, a little smoking pot, you know. Um how was crazy. it for you to get that role and then go back to the neighborhood and, and and just be with your friends? I mean, was it Oh, it was it was it was did you find that you you were getting new friends now? Like like a new of group of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, of course, of course. Of course. You know? Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah, of course. That's and people like sometimes like if they want to dish you, that's the furthest that's the work the first thing they say, Oh yeah, that's why you don't make movies and like people don't know I was like, bro, after what I went through, just the fact that I'm alive, I have my freedom and my health. I don't I mean listen, I'd love to do movies and it's a great thing, but people think they hurt me by saying that. If you've seen what I've seen in for eight years for three years before getting, you know, acquitted of murder, for three years I thought I was never coming home. Right. So you know, it's like almost you could take the movies. Just give me my freedom again. Because after you see that, life you, or things are put into new perspective. Sure. Now it's like, you know, that's a beautiful thing. If it can happen, it can happen. But like, I'm good. I'm sober. I'm, 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 I'm safe. I'm healthy. I got good people around me. You, so almost, you almost like, get you know, to the point where you're just happy to be alive, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, let's go down to the deli and get a, get a, get a sandwich or something. And, and that's, that, I'm fine. Some people are acting, acting, acting. You watch, you see their Instagrams. It's acting, acting, acting. It's like, don't you have a family? Right. Don't you have like, <laughs> like. A life? Don't you, you know what I mean? Right. So, so let's go back a little bit. So you end up acting. I, I mean, you probably went from 93, I think Bronx Tale came out. To about like 2005, where you kind of got into some trouble, right? Right. So you started dabbling a little bit more heavier into a lot of heavier drugs by that time, right? Yeah, I would say by like uh, by 94, 95, I tried cocaine by then, and I liked it, so I was doing it, every, you know, every weekend. Um, and then little by little, I started getting paranoid from it because I was doing it so much. And then I tried crack, and you know, then it's you know, then the pills. I jumped out of a car, messed my head up. Jumping out of They gave me pills man. for that, and then I got hooked on those, and then those brought me to the heroin. Did you, you know? did you nope. take drugs be, to, 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 you know, we, we all watch Intervention, and, and we hear these stories, and people take drugs to, uh, to mask something or, or to cover some hurt or to fill some void in their life, or was it just started off as, I just want to party? I just want to get high. I just, I, I like the way it feels. Or, or did it get to a point where you started masking something? I mean, you're in, you help a lot of people no, in recovery. No, it, it never, no one ever starts drugs to mask stuff. What happens is this. They try the drugs recreationally just because the opportunity presented itself plus peer pressure. So let me try it because this is what kids do. Curiosity, right? right? But then some kids are able to try it and then it's a phase and it goes away and they don't do it anymore. Right. But then you have some kids that just can't stop. And I don't think it's because of the lack of self. Like it doesn't like you can't say like I wake like, you know, I've always been in good shape. Like I'll wake up at two in the morning and run. I've always had that discipline. So you can't say you're stronger than me mentally because I did drugs and you didn't. That doesn't make you better than me. Right. Maybe you're more well-adjusted or maybe you have less pain than I do. 
where you don't need to, to cover that hurt. So that's why you were able to stop. Some people, yeah, they do mass pain because they discover drugs. And once they're high, they realize, oh shit, I haven't thought about my problems all day. And then it's like, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. And that's what I'm going to do the next day. It's not that you're, because look now, in 15 years, I haven't, you know what I mean? So I think that kind of speaks volumes in the amount of self and the you know, the ability for me to control myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's because it's not so much like, I'm not saying I'm hurting inside, but you know, but when you, I mean, let's face it, prison, it helped me because you become harder. You know what I mean? You become harder in a way to where the stuff that used to bother you that you did have to go self-medicate for, it doesn't bother you anymore. Because now you've seen things that are 10 times worse than that, that this pales in comparison to that. That's why like now in real life, like when I'm out here and the day-to-day problems, for the most part, I handle them easily. I never want to think about, because it's like, dude, you know, like I thought I was never coming home. For three years, I thought I was never coming home. But I am home. So what? This happened. All right, we deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of people do the drug thing initially, get high, and then they they, they discover they discover it, and then it, it does mask some issues or problems. Let's just say problems. Maybe it's right. not some deep issues like we see on it takes the edge off, man. But, but, but maybe it, 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 it takes some problems away, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, and then it becomes a greater problem, you know, where it's like you can't control it no more. Like it's, it's right. more than masking problem. You don't even know what your problems are. All you, the only problem you have is finding drugs, right? You're right. You're absolutely. That's my only problem every day. This guy didn't have anything. So now I'm going to try this guy. Oh my God. He doesn't have any anyway. Oh my God. I got this one guy. He's in Long Island, but it's an hour away. Who cares? I'll drive out there. Yeah. You Nightmare. It's, it's wild. So you get, it's very wild. You get caught up. Um, and, and and you're involved in a in a in a shooting, it, not that you were the shooter, but you were you were by the shooter, or involved with this shooter, and and something happened. Can you just explain briefly what happened? Well, we were there that night. Um, that was my ex girlfriend's father. I was hanging out with him because she didn't want to be with me anymore. So I hung out with him as a reason to go by the house. And uh, we went by this guy's house who I knew he was a Vietnam veteran. I didn't know that he died, but he was dead. And there's proof because there's two witnesses and it was in the case file, heard me screaming, Kenny, Kenny, after I got shot. So right there, you can't, I mean, after you get shot, you don't think, you just react. And the fact that I'm screaming his name right there tells, I didn't know he was dead. Okay. So that's right there. But we were, uh, we were not going to burglarize. People that burglarize don't break windows and make all this noise that somebody's going to get out of bed at, you know, that time in the morning because you heard. Burglars are much more discreet. We didn't have burglary tools. We're grown men. Were you ever I'm smart a, enough to realize if I was going to burglarize something, I'd do it a lot more quiet. I'd have tools and I'd do it the right way. I wouldn't do that. Go there and break everything. And people could have heard me thirty blocks away. You know what I mean? It's I, not I, a burglary. I think in, I think in here, that's the only way they could the have case. attached me to the murder. Right. Without the burglary, they can't attach me to murder. You know, that's but the, that was not a burglary. It was, it was destruction of private property. I, I never even put my foot in the thing. I never even tried to get in the thing. I was walking away when I got shot. So where where was the burglary? Let me he ask you this: that. Did you did you need to be a burglar to to help your your addiction at no. that time? No, no. Okay. I mean, and the guy the, the guy I was with the guy who I was with his last name was well you know his name is Stephen Armento. The guy his family used to own the Dunwoody Nursery. People used to buy flowers. That was a big big business. 
okay? They have the greenhouse. You know which property he, he owned at that point? He had lots, building lots, that he would sell for 250000 each. He had like six left, okay? So they big like we were like some poor junkies. And no, it's not, that's not what happened. Right, right. Okay, we I, went I think that's huge. House. I think that's huge. We were desperate. Yeah, we were desperate. I broke a window. I never shied away from that. I said I broke the window. But destruction of private property does not mean that you make the leap from that to burglary. Right. That's that's just you know what I mean. So you were it's going to the, like, you were going to the Vietnam veterans' house to get drugs. I'm glad I beat to the get case, drugs. You know because huh? You were going to the Vietnam veterans' house to go get drugs. You thought right. you 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 broke the window of the wrong house, and it was somebody no, else. No, it was the right house. Oh, it was the right house. But he didn't live yeah. there no more. That's right. He had he had passed away, but you didn't know that. No, and I somebody sent else lived Kenny there. after I got shot. Yeah, so. somebody else lived there. They came out, tried to defend their property. No. no, the guy would live next door. Got it. My ex ex girlfriend used to live next door. I used to hang out and do the laundry with her in that basement apartment. That's how I knew the guy who was giving us the drugs. He used to give me drugs when I was a kid, Valium and stuff like that. So this is why I thought it was so easy to go back and get more drugs. The guy was a Vietnam veteran. That was your connection. He was all whacked out. Yeah. He was all whacked out. He would give us drugs when we were kids. Why would I have to rob a guy that gave us drugs as kids? It just doesn't make sense. And we even had my sister-in-law testify in trial. She has a picture with him and her friend Roseanne. Do you know what Nathan's is where they sell the hot dogs and stuff? Coney, right? Yeah. There yeah. was a Nathan's right in my neighborhood. And they used to have to pick the arcades in the back. And the picture booth. And there's a picture with her, the guy, and her friend Roseanne. Because this guy used to drive us around. He used to give us pills. He was like a pushover. You don't have to rob a guy that's a pushover. The and guy that, would just give it to you. Right. Giving you drugs. You went yeah, back. Yeah, he was happy to be there. He would give us anything just to be able to hang out. Right. You know what I mean? Like this. That's why they don't know that they don't know the real facts. They just saw a cop, you know, two guys on drugs. Let's throw them all, you know? Even Mayor Bloomberg said the judge should throw the book at this guy. Why? Because I had a problem with drugs and I've never been in trouble? Mayor Bloomberg should be ashamed of himself to say that. Does he not know people that are addicted to drugs? Are you discriminating against those people? Because I was on drugs. Are you saying that's why they should throw the book at me? Or because I happened to be in a situation because of my drug addiction that I made a bad decision and this happened, which I did not do. Or or because of gun, so, or because you of your celebrity, right? Sometimes when you're a celebrity... You get yeah, busted. They, 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 they want to make make you an example. Right. Then, then, you know, I try to be nice about this for all the years I came home. And being nice about it and humble about it got me nowhere. Cops still want to shit on me. They still, when I go to talk to kids at schools, they still, they piss judgment. Like, how could you do that? I'm here to talk to these kids. I didn't ask for a penny. I came here on my own money and to try to help these kids. And you want to talk shit about me? Like, what's wrong? You're supposed to protect and serve your community, bro. Right. You ain't serving shit doing that. The kid, what? You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous. Let it go. You, so you the so the cops the cops don't like you because the person that got that tried to defend or step in, thinking you guys were doing a burglary, wasn't was an off duty police officer, correct? Right, right. And then and then he fired on you guys. You actually got shot, right? Yeah. And you and then, oof. Yeah, I got you shot. Got, you got the zipper. You got but the that's zipper. okay though. The cops shot me first. All right, but that's okay. Just think about how that is. Like, you know, usually like if someone gets shot, it's like, oh my God, you know, I got shot by a cop and all kinds of crazy things happen. Let me ask you Especially this. Especially when you're unarmed, right? That's what I was going to say think right now. You, you, you right? didn't have a weapon. I was unarmed and I got shot too. 
That's what I was going to say. You didn't have I a weapon. I got charged with murder. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I was far from a victim after I got shot by a cop on arm because I was on drugs. So what? Right. Drugs, being on drugs is not, that doesn't, doesn't make you a criminal. It just makes you, you know, you have a propensity to get high. That's something wrong, some spiritually wrong as why you're reaching out to the drugs. You know well, what I mean? Well, believe me, man, I, I've had some uncles that have some bad addictions, man. And and they, yeah. they, they've been in some situations where I can see where they would be in a situation like you were in. You know, yeah. you're, you're knocking on somebody's window. You're, you're, you're trying to, you know, score. And uh, somebody comes out and they, and they start blasting on you. You don't know who's blasting on you. You don't know what's going on. You didn't even know that the guy you're with was carrying a weapon, right? No, and when people say, oh, how didn't you know that? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. The DA was not able to put one person on the stand that was able to say, oh, we hung out with Lilo all the time. He always knew we had guns. And he carried guns too. Not one person because that, it's not the way, it wasn't my M.O., I like to go out. I like to party. I like the women. That was more my life. I like to laugh. You know what I mean? I love to laugh. You know, but as far as that violent side and the way that the, the press, because it was easy for them. Like this guy's in all these mafia movies. So let's make it like he's like that in real life. And like, you know, he's a murderer, you know, actor, murderer, cop killer. How? That's crazy. Yeah. You know how much hurt and pain that caused my father to see that all that bullshit on TV? Call me a cop killer? Right. Yeah, you want to call me a drug addict? Even a junkie, because you know what? If the shoe fits, wear it. I was on drugs. And, and you know, that's not right either, because, you know, a lot of people like to shit on people who are on drugs. And some of these people that I've met that are on drugs are the most gifted and talented people around. And the reason why a lot of those people do drugs, because they're so gifted and talented that they're bored with life. There's nothing, everything, this normal stuff that other people... They're bored with that. Mm. So that's why they go to that. You know, they're just bored with life. A guy I know, my ex-girlfriend's brother, David Collard, he just passed away. And this guy, when she told me David died, I automatically thought it was a, I automatically thought it was a, you know, an overdose. But he blew himself up. I think putting lighter fluid or something like this. Like this guy. If you talk to him on the phone, he was one of the smartest guys I knew. Yeah. Yeah. But he had a lot of pain inside. His dad left him when he was young and never knew why. And, you know, that bothered him forever. And that's why he's not here anymore. Yeah. You shouldn't shit on a guy. You shouldn't shit on a guy because he, he, you know what I mean? He becomes that. You don't know what he's dealing with. You know what I mean? I feel you on that, man. One of my uncles, man, he, uh, he passed and just was a, was, uh, on drugs forever, man. He was one of the most talented guys. Anything he put his hands to, he can be great at. He can fix anything. He can cut hair. Whatever you needed, he can do. He was funny. He can cook. He can do everything. He was one of my favorite uncles, but the, he couldn't shake the the hurt and the pain that he had, man. And it, and it did heroin, man. And it ended up just destroying his life, and he passed away. But I, I, I do sympathize with people on drugs, and it's weird because if you spend a little bit of time with people that are on drugs, you'll realize that the drug is what defines them to the to the on the outer but the it doesn't define them on the inner because the inner is like you start talking to these people and they're like they're hurting and and you'll be surprised some of these people like what they used to do you know what i mean like i was a businessman at one time or i was a father or i was you know this or that you know what i mean and the drugs is what pulled pulled me down you know it's a, it's a trip when you talk to them sometimes it'll do it every single time i mean you know 
But that's why I'm so determined to stay on the right path so that people have a different perception of people that are on drugs. Like I want to show people that, you know, even though we were on drugs, we could still turn it around and become better than we were before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, and it, that's it, why it, I'm so determined to do that. You know it, what I mean? It's a tough and road. To be, and to be the example, and to be that, you know, to lead by example. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Because this is like, you know, like I said, there's a lot of really good people and they get shit on. There's a lot of bad people that do bad things and they're not on drugs. They should be talking about people that do that. Those kind of people like the way they talk about drug addicts. Right. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to be a junkie. Nobody says that. And all these people talk all this and that. They better hope their kids don't turn into that. That's so dangerous. Why would you talk about another guy who's on drugs when you have kids? You never know who this is going to affect. Right. You're only a partial ill if they have better parents. Has nothing. My parents were the best. You're only a partial influence in your kid's life. As they get older, you become less. You're a big influence, you know, zero to one, one to two, two to three, three to four. But then they start going to school. And then you lose that influence as time goes on. And now it's like you don't know what or who they're being influenced by. They may run with the wrong crew. You may have taken them to church every Sunday and been the best father ever. That doesn't mean that now because they're running with this crew, they're not going to stick a needle in their arm. Yeah, it's That's just the way it goes. I was arguing with a guy the other day about people. I was arguing you know? with a guy the other day, and he was telling me he goes, "Well, blame it on the parents. Blame it on the parents." And I was like, "You can't always blame it on the parents, man. Like I've known excellent parents that loved their kids, supported their kids, were there for their kids, did everything for their kids. I mean, and they, their kids end up turning out, you know, on drugs in in the gangs, whatever, bad kids, man, in the joint, all that stuff. And then I have." Parents that are, that were dope fiends themselves, you know what I mean? And, and raised kids. And these kids are like graduated from college. So it's does. Yeah. Does, because you know, I know two brothers, I'm not going to name their names, but their parents are heroin addicts and one turned out really good. And one didn't turn out so good. So it all depends on, you know what I mean? How and what you're influenced and why it doesn't mean because you're good parents that your kid's going to turn out good. That's not even close. You wish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a parent. I, I I just, you know, I got a 25 and a 21 year. I'm thankful. Good kids, man, and and I've done my best. But at you know when they when they turned 18, there was only so much I can do. I can I can help you know give them advice, but in reality, they can do whatever they want now. You know what you I mean? Leave a horse to water. You can't make them drink it. You can tell them this is what I think you should do, but now you, it's up to you if you're going to do it or not. You know what I mean? That was one of the questions I was going to ask you too, because when you were when you were addicted to drugs and going down that road uh, from a youth to, like you said, twenty nine years old, um, your parents what what was their reaction? You know, to to your addiction. I mean, it must have been just tough on them all those years. Yeah, because my parents were old school Italian. They came here from <clears throat> from Italy on a boat and everything, so they don't know what that's about. They don't even know what drugs are. My parents, you know what I mean? Well, now they do, but I'm saying back then. So now you have no experience, no knowledge of any of this, and now it's happening to your own kid. How do you help him? Yeah. The yeah. first thing to think would be to whip his ass, but that's not the way you do it. That only lasts for a little bit. You got to find out what's wrong. You got to find out what's wrong. Why? What's the matter? Are you okay? Why are you getting high? Is there something bothering you? Are you hurting? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what you really got to do. You got to find out. No one does it for no reason. You know, sometimes they don't even realize. Subconsciously, there's something deep down that's getting at them, and they got to get high. You right. Know? 
right? So you, the crime you got, you 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 go to trial. They want to they want to they want to give you like fifty years. I heard right, something no, like 25 that. Twenty five to life. They 20, wanted to give me yeah. Twenty five to life. They want to get you for murder of a of an off duty police officer, right? And then they yeah, but it was murder two. It wasn't murder one. Okay, so my co defendant got convicted of murder one because he you know he was it was a cop and he fired the shot. Right. So. So he sh- tried to get me on the murder too. Cop shot shoots you, shoots you, shoots your uh, ex girlfriend's dad. Your ex girlfriend dad shoots back, fatally sh- killing the cop. Right. And you go to trial. Uh, I was tripping out on that too. You, like you said earlier, but I read that earlier today because I was looking at your when you got busted and when you got com- after you got convicted. There was a three year span right there. It was I think it was like like December 05 to like January 09, you, you get sent up. And then uh, I was thinking three years of being on hold with your whole entire life. You know what I mean? Just waiting for the outcome. That's, that's a long time to think that it's not like a six month trial. That's three years. No, of just, that's, that, that, you know, yeah, of course. Were they trying to stretch, were they trying to stretch you out? And, and this is the term we use on, on the West coast where they, where they put you away for a while Make you a li- make you some uh, 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 give you some like a deal to try to straight you out because your your they in reality they know your their case is not as strong as they thought it was. Um, I mean their murder case was so weak <laughs> that's why I beat it and that there was no murder case. The whole thing was did I know about the guy that I was with's gun, and I didn't. So there's no way. You're going to prove something that didn't happen. That's like trying to prove that it snowed today when it didn't. It's not going to happen. I don't care who, you know, the Bronx jury didn't care about the fact that it was a cop, this or that. They know what they know. They know what they heard. They heard a cop come out of his house. Okay. He knew there was no one in that apartment. He said it, but I'm not saying he wasn't a hero for coming out. Um, you know, this and that, but he knew there was no one in there and he was waiting for 911 to respond. He's his. His family's suing 911 also. Wow. His family's, I've known people who've been, you know, murdered. I know, you know what I mean? I, I've known people who've been murdered and I know their families. They're not looking to sue civilly. What do you get out of that? These people, you know, I even try to talk to the sister after parole. She said, oh, I'm not ready yet. I know people, worse things that happened that are ready way before that. You're milking it. You want the money. You don't want to come there because then it's going to be harder for you. You want the money. This is what it's all about for you. You know what I mean? You're even suing the cops. Who, who like, you know what I mean? Your brother was one. You're suing them as well. You're suing wow. the city of New York. Yeah. It, it doesn't bring anything back. You know what I mean? No, it, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't help. You know, you can win all the money in the world. It, it's not going to bring your brother back. It's not. A, it's not going to heal that wound. I mean, it's just, it just, it just, it, just, it actually brings more pain. It just brings a you lot You know what? More. I've. I've, you know, and I will say this, I've tried to, you know, like, you know, the, the niece was very disrespectful to me on Instagram. I understand, listen, you lost a loved one, but I never came across, I never came across as arrogant or any way. I always came across as humble. I always talked about, you know, how, and she wants to talk about how religious, you know, like, you know, religion and, and, and faith, a very big part of it is forgiveness, Forgiving people. Mary Jo Buttafuoco, right. she got shot in the face and she wouldn't forgive that girl. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just the way they handled it, especially the fact that like, I mean, I'm trying to do the right thing and I've used what happened to do the right thing and these people still want to do that. Meanwhile, you know the guy who did it's in jail. 
He got natural life. And I did 10 years. I still have health complications from you, your brother shooting me unarmed, but that doesn't stand for anything. You know what I mean? Because I think the press and the cops made you think that a a law enforcement life is more important than a non-law enforcement life. That's not the case. Everybody is equal. Not, you know what I mean? I understand, you know, like you're, especially in that circumstance, I have absolutely no respect whatsoever for his sister. Absolutely none. Mm. She's just has never handled this like a lady. I went and this, they're so, so disrespectful. I understand, but I've done everything, everything to come and, and just like, you know, like, let's sit down, let's talk, let, let, let me hear how you feel. Maybe I can help you. Maybe there's one thing I can say that can never fully heal your wounds, but to me, it's very obvious that all they're about is the money. You I, know what I mean? I asked my buddy, he came in into the podcast and we were talking about forgiveness and he, his brother was murdered by a guy. I mean, straight out murdered. It, it was, it was a, it was a dope uh, exchange. Didn't go right. The, I, I guess the, the guy wanted to rob him, steal his car, do all that stuff. He ended up beating him to death and, uh, and, and killed him. And the, the, the guy served, I want to say it was like 30 years. Right. And, and my, and my buddy, it was hard for me to understand. Let me, let me, let me, let me just like as the, as the victim. Right. So I'm, I'm talking to my buddy. It's his brother that was murdered. He was a teenager. This was his big brother. He looked up to him. His brother had a a, a dope problem. And, uh, he said it took him like, like 30 years, little by little to forgive this man. And it was, it was, it, and he didn't know what it was. He felt it, it was God telling him to forgive. He felt it was uh, just, just little by little. And, and, and the complications that come with forgiveness, it, it was a lot. I didn't even realize. At first I told him, hey, bro, listen, I don't know if I could forgive like that. The dude beat my, beat, beats my brother down, kills him. I don't know if I can forgive like that. Your circumstance is different. And we're just talking about forgiveness here. So, and, and, and then I, I told him, and he goes, uh, I met the guy. I wrote him a letter while he was in the joint. I went to his parole hearing, and I spoke on his behalf. And I'm like, bro. He goes, and then I met him face to face. He goes, and I, didn't, I wasn't ready. He goes, but something came over me, and uh, I hugged him. At, I, didn't, I didn't hug him right away. I shook his hand, and at the end of our four-hour visit, I hugged him and we kept in, in, in contact and he's out. And I go, how did you do that, man? He goes, well, it was God. He goes, and it took time. He goes, it takes time. And, and little by little, I was beginning to forgive this guy. And the, the crazy thing, it was, it was, it, it ended up being very complicated, even for his family because he forgave, but he had other brothers that didn't forgive. And he had, a, he had a mother, you know, that didn't forgive. And, um, well, had a hard time with forgiving. It that's a weird. tough one. But it's you know, a that's one. a tough one to forgive. But in my situation, you know, it's like in that situation, say there was somebody else that was there. And he was just there right. to be with the guy because he loved his daughter, not because they're friends, because it was the only shot that he can have to get back to his daughter because he loved her. So he figured he'd put himself out there this way. He was just there, never did anything, but got arrested because he was an accessory more or less. And then that guy did his time and came out and I see like, oh wow, every time I look at this guy, he's always helping somebody. He's always doing the right thing. I would say, you know what, man, maybe this guy, maybe this guy deserves to be forgiven. He's showing his true colors now. Right, right. When you're on drugs, you don't make the best decisions. 
You, you're, you, you don't have that, that clarity. You know what I mean? I so think of course you're going to make bad. Every decision you make is to get more drugs. You know? But now it's like, okay, the guy's sober, 15 years. He's doing the right thing. He's helping people. You know what? Maybe this guy's not what they said he was. Right. But I'm proud of him. You know? And I, you know, and I knew... And that's what they should look at it as. That's the way any normal person would look at it. I, I, a normal I think, person with a heart. But you want to accuse this guy of being a murderer and this guy of being a this. How much better are you when you can't even forgive? You're about the lawsuit. You're about the lawsuit. You're about the civil case. That's why it's still going on 15 years later. Mm. That's what. It's not about your brother. I know an officer in in in, in uh, Rikers Island who knew that woman. She said he wasn't. Even, they, she wasn't even close to his brother. She became close after everything happened because now she saw dollar signs. They had been estranged. She was not close to him when that happened. You know what I mean? It's crazy. But then all of a sudden, you know, then they make themselves out to be victims. Yes, you know, her brother died, but I didn't do it. And it's just like, and I always took responsibility. Yeah, I got to take responsibility. I was there, right? You served I your the time. The guy who did shoot the gun there, and I was there for the purpose of getting drugs. Yeah. Okay, you, so I got to take some responsibility how I my 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 drug addiction, my decision making, how I made a contribution. Was there definitely a contribution? Yeah, maybe like 25%. The fact that I drove the guy, I was there, right? But if you take that guy out of the question, out of the equation, I went there with the same car I was in, wearing exactly what I was wearing, the same exact things in my pocket, doing exactly what I was doing. Exactly, nothing different. Without the other guy, right? the cop would still be alive. There would be no felony murder and it would be over. When you could take, if there's two people and you can take one of them out of the equation and the crime is still the same, the guy still dies, the, 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 your actions in the felony cause the death of a non-participant, that's felony murder. That's felony murder. But when without the other guy, you're committing the felony, it was the firearm. You know what I mean? I, I, I think I think in your case, the facts were laid out, right? You didn't get convicted of murder. You got convicted no, of I didn't. attempted burglary. I think it was. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't even a burglary. It was an attempted burglary. Which which is what? What does that mean exactly? <laughs> That's a C felony. That means when you attempt, I'm, I was I was. We never went in, so you can't say it was a burglary. That's what I I'm saying. Like how, how do you how do you attempt? Like you tried? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. Well, they saw the, the they saw the broken wind the broken window and stuff like that. So now that means this is where they were attempting to go in. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So I'll say this, man. When 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 you really if you look at the headlines of your case, X Star Bronx Tale kills a cop. That that was. We talked about the media for a little bit. That was the headline, right? That it sounds bad, and 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 imagine if you did this in this day and age of of woke uh, media and everybody jumping to conclusions right away, and you're guilty before you even go to court, right? It would have been really well, bad. You know, I got to be honest with you. I don't think I don't think nowadays it would be that as much of an issue. I think it would be a lot less. I just think because of you know, I, it's not. I didn't. I didn't lose any respect for the cops. But a lot of people did, and a lot of protesting, and a lot of uh, dirty you probably things. you're probably right about that. Yeah, you know, a lot of dirty things that a lot of cops did. Not all cops are dirty, 
You can't say all of this person is bad. Of these, no, you can't say all cops are bad because they're not. It's, it's right. It comes down to personalities. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because like you people. Wear this doesn't mean you're automatically a prick. But you know, because you wear that, sometimes maybe you know what it is. I mean, I can't like I can't see it not going to your head if you're a cop. The power trip. Because like, listen, you may go on to the, into the academy and say, you know what, I want to do this for the right reasons. I really want to help people for bad guys, and I want to protect and serve my community. Okay, finish the academy. Now you're on the beat. So now, pull up in your car. As soon as you step out of that car, you see everybody get quiet. Grown men and women. Wow. And then you think to yourself, like, wow, that was pretty cool, man. I can't believe everybody got quiet as soon as they saw me. Just the uniform, the presence of that makes people afraid. People associate that with trouble and being afraid. And then they do it again. And then it just reinforces. It reinforces this whole yeah this you whole can you can easily on. get on a power trip i mean it's very right. it's very easy and whenever you have some sort of power whatever it may be it could be a teacher it could be you know a, a pastor it could be whoever when you get the best the best of the, the best the best the best power trippers and bouncers because they, they know they're working <laughs> a hot club you know I, 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 know, I know i know i know a few bouncers man they're they're uh they're funny but yeah good guys but i think going back to your case man i think Look, when you lay out your case, and and I'm all for, you know, innocent until proven guilty. When you lay out the case, I think you had a solid case. You know, your buddy, you know, I don't think, you know, I think that's a little tougher. I get your, I definitely get your point. I get your point of this is what we came to do. Everything's on the, I mean, you're, you were pretty honest with everything. You laid everything on the table. This is what I was here for. I knew the dude that lived here. You had, you had your witnesses that seen you crying out for the dude, all this different stuff. I think, I think when you lay out that case, I don't, I don't, I didn't agree with the murder charge. I think the cop should have identified himself, you know, in the, when he came out. If he called nine one one, hey, they're coming. Is 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 it worth me blasting these two dudes right here? I think your buddy that pulled out the gun, did he know? Did he know that that guy was a cop? That's the question. If he didn't Definitely know, not. if he, he didn't know he was a cop, said who shot you? I said the bald guy down the street. When I made it down the street and I was squirting blood, I got shot for no reason. Yeah. Absolutely no reason. So I, I so I, I, I definitely see Because it. I was on drugs. It's okay for a cop to shoot somebody because they're on drugs. That's not enough reason. Right. He said, don't move. I was going the other way. When you say don't move, you didn't say don't move police. His own landlord, Henry Zizek, okay, said that, he, that my lawyer said, he said, don't move. Did he say don't move police? He said no. He did not say that. Right. But that doesn't mean that you know, like it does. I, I think I think it does. I think it it, 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 does. it, it, it adds does. to your case. It adds to your case as a positive that hey, we didn't know who he was. Could have been another dope fiend that came out and he's coming out blasting. So I think it does. I think you're part- no, no, you, you, it, the, no, you're right. But in the eyes of the law is what I'm saying. Oh, it, it doesn't mean anything got to it. them. Got it's it. like, dude, he's still a cop. He still wore blue, but it, but in the I eyes of the no, jury, but in the eyes of the jury, that's that's huge. I'm if I'm sitting in that jury box and you and I was like, did he identify himself? Like he didn't say nothing. I mean that's big. I mean yeah, I, in the Bronx, in the Bronx too. Like at that during that year, I remember doing some research and I remember back then, it was only like a seventy three percent murder conviction rate in the Bronx. They didn't have a high murder conviction rate. 
But like, you know, <clears throat> a Bronx jury, they sat there and they heard the case. We're on trial for almost a month. And they knew, they said, we can't find this guy guilty of murder. What did he do? Are you joking me? This guy got shot. He was on life support. He was about to die. He didn't even have a gun. And we're charging him with murder? When? when? Okay, he's attempted burglary. He went and did his time. And the time that he did was the amount of time that he needed because he came home and he's better. What, right? what was the time? Do you think the time was fair for you? I mean, <clears throat> the you know. Did that charge? Did the charge warrant it uh, compared to other attempted no, burglary well, charges? It was a three and a half to fifteen year sentence guideline. There was a guy <clears throat> we brought up case law that was had the same conviction on his second conviction in Bronx County. He only got eight years, and on his second, but I got ten on my first because it was a cop. Yeah, I mean because that was that was, the, that was the extra. They weren't allowed though. to, uh, you know use the, the death in the sentencing. They weren't allowed to consider the death in the sentence, but they did. Judge right. Marcus, Judge Martin Marcus, that's the judge's name. He was a coward. He was a coward. He was so scared. He knew he saw those police in the thing. Those police shouldn't have even been allowed in that courtroom. You're scaring the jury. You're scaring everybody. I don't even think I got a fair case. And not even with a fair case, I still beat them of the murder charge. Yeah. You yeah. know? I think, I think the murder charge was, was, was excessive. I, I really do. I mean, it it just did it. It didn't warrant that. I think well, it's uh, felony murder. Okay, felony. It's not. Murder. It, it's it's not. It's not an, an intentional. Yeah. Felony murder is when you attempt to commit in furtherance or in immediate flight from there from a felony. So that means if you rob, a, say you rob some, say you rob some guy in the street, right? You rob him, and now you're running away, and now you're all the way down the street, and say this guy's, you know. Uh, Okay, so now you rob him. He's chasing you, okay? So now say all the way down the street, because he's chasing you, you got in the middle of the street. This car had to avoid this car. Ah, Boom, hits a girl, hits somebody. Now she's dead. You get charged with that murder. Right. You killed her. That's felony murder. So they're saying you burglarized. The burglary led to the death. That's felony murder. They charged him with felony murder and intentional murder. And he did not get found guilty of intentional murder. He did not. He beat that because he didn't shoot first. Right. Okay. He had an illegal gun, but if somebody's shooting, your natural instinct is to protect yourself, whether the gun's legal or not. Oh, I can't shoot. It's illegal. What do you got it for then? You know what I mean? Right. But he beat that and he was convicted of felony murder because it was in the commission of a felony. Of a crime. Yeah. They still gave him natural life. That's a rough one, man. We I was talking to a friend the other day about about life and uh, dudes that do life, and uh, she was married to a lifer. He got out in a, in a in a loophole in the law, which was when they changed the law, he was able to get out, enjoying life. Now, guy did twenty eight years in the joint. Had a had a, a murder when he was a kid, uh, 17, 18 years old. Went to the joint all that time. 20, 20, 28 wow. years, man. Um, got out. Uh, Working changed his life. You know, I mean, just married. They seem happy, man. I, I'm, I was talking to her about that, and I was like, you know, like, I don't know, man. In the beginning, you know, growing up, and and even during the span of this of this podcast, you know, that I've been doing forty episodes or whatever, my views kind of changed. Life is a long time, man. 
You know what I mean? And 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 and, and I, I was asking her, I go, what do you think? She goes, if dudes go to the joint and they do good in the joint, right? They they they're they're productive some way, somehow. If they're if they're not a threat coming back out, if they're not if they're doing something, and if the if the victims say, hey man, you know what? You know, like we forgive, you know, some sort of say, not the, not the, just some sort of say, um, they she's, she was saying that, uh, the family didn't reach back out. They reached out to the families that were affected. They didn't respond back. You know, he got out. Uh, but I thought it was a, my, my views changed that because I was a really, uh, crime and punishment type guy. But when I look at the emotional type part of, it, I got a friend sitting in, in, uh, on death row right now. And, uh, I think about him and I'm like, man, that's, he's been on death row for like 23 years, 23 wow. years. That's all. That's the way it rolls in California. Shit, if I was on death row for 23 years, I would have killed myself already. I, in California, you could be on death row for like 35 years, man. No lie. Like it, it's, it's a crazy long appeals process. Like appeals will go on for, for one appeal two appeal. I think you could do like six or seven appeals, man. And, and it, it, over time you're, you end up being there anyways, but he was in there and, and, and my heart began to change. Like, I don't know, man, like life is a long time, 28 years, 30 years in the joint is a long time. And, and, and my, my views began to change on that. And I told her, yeah, I I think my heart's beginning to get soft for, for those type of guys where it's just like, and, and, and some of the guys, they don't want to get out, right? They want to stay in there. They join the Mexican mafia or they get involved in the street, in the gangs, prison gangs and all that stuff. They, they don't want to get out. They get in more trouble and they get, you know, more crazier in there. But for people that make a a positive change in there, that that want to do good, that want to get out, that want to make a change, I, I think that's got to be uh, part of the factor of of getting people out of out of prison, you know, and giving them some sort of a incentive. Hey, do this, and when and when you get out, you know, maybe we'll cut some of your time or whatever it may be. I know when you were in there initially, I read some stories where you had some pro, some problems in the beginning. And then you kind of wised up, and and you 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 got your degree in there, right? Yeah. So you so you spent your time wisely in there, right? Of course, that's what the whole that's the whole key that God took mercy on you. You could have been dead. He gave he took mercy on you and said, "Go to this place, straighten yourself out, and then you come back out, and everything will be better." But go do this now because you need this. Because if I keep you out here, you're gonna die. Just like you see your other friend that just died, and the other guy, you know, like a lot of people died, and I looked. Like that song by Game, when he says, all my friends die, I'm wondering why, why didn't they take my life? You know what I mean? I was with a lot of guys that were dying of overdoses, you know, and I didn't die. And maybe, you know, God wants, you know, he's using me, he's using me to help him do what he does. Right. And that's to help others. You know what I mean? And I recognize that. And then I recognize like why I was in such an iconic movie. This movie lasts forever. People, kids, kids know this movie. Everybody knows this movie. And when they, they love it so much that when they see you, they will listen to you because they fell in love with that character. Colodro was a nice guy. He was a good, good kid. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of people fell in love with that kid. You know what I mean? And then they don't realize that you're not him, but you are him. You know what I mean? It's kind of so it's kind of like that, though. Like your, 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 your real life and Colodro life paralleled for a little while. Neighborhood kids kind of got mixed up with a few dudes. Still trying to be good. Good parents. Only so much your parents could do, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you kind of went right. He got a good life scare at when, when, when the car, 
you know, crashes and the, his friends burn up and all that. So he gets a good, and he and he looks like you know he goes left. We we that's the end of the story there. But well, in the Bronx Tale, Sonny got killed, and in real life, true, the cop got killed. True, you know what I'm saying. But the bottom line is, after those things happen, the character went back to being good. That was the wake up call. And, you know, I mean, it's sad to say someone did lose their you know their life over it. You know, right? Which does make that person a hero. Because he did give, you know, he did come out. He didn't know if somebody was, in, you know, in, in danger. Came out, he had his gun. And uh, the fact that he shot first, I mean, I don't necessarily think it was wrong. He said, don't move, and I moved. So at five in the morning, you know, if you can't always say cops are wrong when they shoot. You can't always say. There are times when there are, but there are times when they're not. You know what I mean? You know, like you got... Cops are afraid. You know, they, 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 we're, they, they're humans. You know what they, I mean? They're humans, man. They're he, humans. They go out there. Say it's like this cop is out tonight on a Friday night. He's got himself in a bad predicament now. He's a little afraid. Tomorrow's his daughter's third birthday. He's got all these people coming over the house. He's got to get through the shift. He wants to go home and go to sleep. Tomorrow he's got 90 friggin' things he's got to do to make the party happen. And now he's in this situation. I'm a family man. I love my family. I went to the academy. I did all the right things, but now I'm scared. Now I'm in a situation I've never been in before. So that doesn't mean that I shot you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, fucked up cop or this or that. It just means that I was afraid. And it means that, you know what I mean? And they had to act within a, a hair, like, like a but, split but listen, second. That's, like, listen, listen, listen. That's in some cases. I agree. You got some cases that, you know, some cops have no regard for anything. And they think they're going to do it and they're going to get away with it. Oh, yeah. A lot of times they do. There's bad cops. There's the, you know, so you can't say anytime it happens, it's a bad, you know. Sometimes you they're look afraid, at the facts. sometimes they're scumbags. You got to look at the facts. Just like your case, wow. you got to look at all the facts. If you if you let, I, I don't, especially in this climate. I don't right? get a cop shooting somebody is automatically wrong. Let me hear what happened first. Right. I think, oh, yeah, he's definitely wrong. There was no reason to shoot this guy. He had his back turned to you. He was running the other way. You shot him. That's your fucking fault. And he wasn't even armed. So it's a million percent your fault, right? I think you know I think I mean? every case, especially in this in this day and age, let it play out. You know, you right. talked about the media. The media will just convict somebody before they even go to court, and then people are surprised that this guy's it's not guilty or this guy's not innocent. And and it's like, wait, did you look at the case? I mean, I tell people that all the time. Look at the case. Look at the facts. You know, we can look at... Yeah, no, it's free. I know there's freedom of the press, right? But it's like that freedom takes away my right to a fair trial. Right. Even though the jury's not supposed to read all that shit. You don't think they knew who I was when I got... When we were selecting the jury? You don't think they knew who I was and exactly what happened? Right. Because as far as they're concerned, I'm a cop killer. That's all they read. But now you want me to have a fair trial when you already, you already spread all this bullshit out. Yeah. And you poisoned all these people that I'm a killer. Meanwhile, I've never, you know, I've never been in trouble before other than drugs. But now you're labeling me a killer. You know, it's like, and all these people, cop killer. It's like, do you even know the guy's name who did it? You don't even know his name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, so I, it's like I come across a little bitter, but I've been dealing with this shit for a really long time. <laughs> and I did try the other way. But when you try, people mistake your kindness for weakness, man. It really does. You can't, you know, it's, it's I try to be respectful, but I'm going to stick up for myself. And, you know, listen, whatever happens, happens. The bottom line is I'm going to keep being the best me and keep inspiring people and keeping people that I can on the right path and doing the right things. 
and helping them through the experiences that I've already had. Okay, that's never going to change. Sometimes, yeah, I do come across a little bitter, which I know I shouldn't. And I know I do these videos on Instagram. And sometimes it's because I need help in those areas. Yeah. And that's why I speak these videos into existence for me. And then people say, oh, yeah, you know, you say that you make these videos and you're nothing about it. No, I don't know how to do this yet. And that's why I'm saying it to you. Because maybe saying it to you will help me be able to do it better because now I know I told you. So now I have that obligation to, you know, to you that I really got to be about this. So now I got to live what I just, what I just, I got to walk, I got to talk the talk and I got to walk it. Right. It helps me. All these people think like I, I come, I try to come on here like I'm (laughs) Mother Teresa, uh, Moses. No, No. I'm not perfect, man. I use these videos to help me too. It gives, it gives you some accountability, right? Right. So you You go on there, you talk about these things. You hit the word. That's the perfect word. Now I am accountable because I said this to you. You're going to hold me accountable to live up to what I said. And if I don't, you're going to call me out. And you know what? Maybe sometimes I deserve it because I did say that, but I didn't live by it. And I did insult you when I said that. And this is because I'm a human and I'm not perfect and I still need work. And this right. is why I do these videos. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, brother, I, I got to run. All right. <laughs> hey, all right, man. Look it. We're going to have to do part two because I, Let's re- do it. I, I really didn't want to get to spend all the time on the case and all the bad stuff because you are doing a lot of good work you've been out of the joint since 13 i think so you've been end out of, of end of 2013 i worked for you know a drug rehab more life recovery in new jersey right an intensive outpatient um you know that's going really great you're uh, getting I more roles because, yeah you know do more movies made in mexico sleepyhead the fury i'm on fire so i got some really you know really good things coming out and uh I'm just blessed. Like I said, it's not about the movie. The movies are great and I love them because it's it's an expression. The way I express myself in an artistic way. I love to do it. I love it. Right. You watch these actors when I was a kid. I used to get an adrenaline rush watching some of these scenes like De Niro walking. Wow, look at this guy. My God, it's so good. <laughs> you know, like I always loved it, you know. But, you know. Let, 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 me, uh, let me get two minutes with you. In the sure. podcast, we have what we call the Furious Five. Five furious questions we ask. You know, and, and uh, I know next time we'll, we'll get into all the positive stuff that you're doing, man. I am. Let me just tell you this. I'm happy for you, man. I, I'm glad you're out. I'm glad you're you're somebody that we can point to and say, hey, man, if he was on drugs, lost it all, went to the joint, spent eight years in the joint, got out and he turned his life around, then then that's a positive thing for a lot of people to look at and say, yeah, because hey, man, people you can know do that it. It's, it can happen now. It's like telling me, tell me about Bigfoot. You're saying all this shit about Bigfoot, but I ain't never seen him. Right <laughs> there's, or wrong? There's a, yeah, there's a good example. Hey, if he can do it, this is his story, then you can do it, man. So right, I I'm think not saying I'm Bigfoot, but you know what I mean? How are you going to tell me something that I can't even, you, that you're not even doing? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly, man. So, let's, let's, get, let's get this, uh, we like to call it the Furious Five, man. Five Furious Questions. Question number one. Street Gospel Furious Five. Number one, if you can change anything from the day you were born to now, what would it be? I would try. I maybe say I'd maybe be an inch or two taller. I'm like five seven and a half, five eight. I could go for five ten. All right. Five nine. Five nine. I'm, I'm five ten, man. I mean, it, it's it, it's a good it's a good height. It's a good yeah, height. Yeah, five nine is even five nine is good. Hey, at least you know? you're an actor, so you can always wear the heels, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. No. 
I think Tom Cruise. I heard Tom Cruise wears them because he's a little dude. Tom but, Cruise, Stallone. Yeah. Stallone. Yeah, I but you know, Tom little, Cruise. Dude. Tom Cruise is probably got to be one of the biggest movie stars ever. Oh yeah. He made it through the '80s, the '90s, the 2000s, and he was the biggest right. in every single era. And he's still one of the biggest. Still one of the, still, still up there, man. Still up there. Now who's a who's a bigger box office draw than him right now? The only maybe The Rock. The Rock. I was going to say The Rock. In a certain situation. Not every movie, but The yeah. Rock, I love him too. I respect him. I follow him. He's a good man. He's all about working out. But, he, he's, but a he, he's a little typecast. You know what I mean? He can do a comedy. He can do action. But he can't do a drama. It, it'd just be too much. I, mean, I can't him. really see him being a doctor. You yeah. know what I mean? Coming in there. <laughs> you know all right. what? I love The Rock. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I think The Rock... Uh, well, maybe DiCaprio. He's another big yeah. Well, he Di- DiCaprio could do everything too, man. I mean, for yeah. our, for our generation, maybe thirty five through through our age. I mean, it, it, it probably DiCaprio right now. Let me ask you this question number two: burritos or tacos? Burrito. Burrito. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I really? Like tacos too much. I don't like the hard shell. You go, they break over, they go all over the place. <laughs> I don't like that. They got to be the soft shell, if anything. But I like the burritos better. Burritos. All right, man. Okay, question number three. Greatest hip-hop artist to come out of Yonkers, your hometown? Let me see. DMX. Oh, of course. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, man. But Jada Kiss is here, too. And the only reason why I got to give it to DMX is just because, you know... I can relate to DMX more. Yeah, I think DMX a lot of DMX was into drugs. I knew him. I seen him. I seen him copping drugs when I was doing it back in 05. He had a Raspberry Hummer on Warburton Avenue in Yonkers. And he was right there. He was out there. I met him a few times. I got a picture with him on my Instagram at a nearby strip club called uh, City Lights. He was a good dude. And, you know. I think a lot of people felt pain. him. You feel his pain in his music more than anybody. Yeah. More than anybody. Like the song Slippin'. I've been through many different phases, like mazes, to find my way. That song, like I could, that could have came out of my mouth. Like I mean, DMX, I can relate to a lot more. Yeah. Than I, just because of the whole the struggle with addiction. I think and everybody felt him. I think everybody yeah, you feel felt it in the music. It was no doubt. Jada Kiss, I think lyrically, is probably one of the best out there, if not the best. Yeah. Right now, um, it's not that I can't relate to his music, but it's more. Just I related to DMX more. And I yeah. was Mary J. Blige. She's from Yonkers. Oh, yeah. I never met her. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's uh, top notch. But DMX, I, my, my my philosophy on DMX is this, man. So so Jay-Z's up there, and, and he he, he kind of took the throne for, for a minute. And I, I yeah, but Jay-Z's not a great rapper, but wait, though. He's but never been. This is my thing, bro. Check this out. So this is what happened. It, it really was DMX's throne to have, but his addiction, his his battling, his his, every, his hurts, everything kind of kind of kept him down. Because to me, when Biggie and Tupac died, next in line was DMX. He was right there. Jay Z was still Jay Z was still down here. So I think when I think when, when if Biggie didn't die, if Biggie didn't die, Jay Z would have never became as big as he no was. no I I agree, but I think that. I think that DMX was next in line after those two died, Pac and Biggie. 
but because of his addiction and his and his battles, he never reached that Jay Z height. Yeah, Jay Z never. Jay Z, I think DMX made so much noise in such a small period of time with the movies and this and that that he was destined for something. But Jay Z, Jay Z, he lived in Biggie's shadows in the beginning, but he always kept coming out with good stuff. He, he stayed focused. But the street. Feelings, uh, 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 just realness was DMX, man. And if you, if, I know you probably seen that video when they're battling backstage, and and, and Jay Z goes first, and then DMX comes, and DMX is just like, and everybody's like, woof. And then I heard that there was a battle between them, and so DMX came to Jay Z's spot, and they were gonna battle, but Jay Z and, and J- DMX brought they brought like a camera guy, right? To, they were gonna record it, and Jay Z said. We're not going to battle unless the camera's off. I said, oh, imagine if the camera was on for that battle. I mean. I think if I think if Jada Kiss battled Jay-Z, destroy him. Yeah, I, I, I think. Well, he did. Nas. Nas destroyed Jay-Z. I, I think I think Nas, to me, Nas is the GOAT now. I mean, it just, his latest album is just great. And uh, Yeah, I got to listen to it. I, I always like Nas too. It's amazing. Um, I always like Nas too. Well, you know, remember Tupac put him in his place too, though. I, yeah, man. I mean, what West West Coast, man? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Tupac's not even from the West. I know, Coast. Though. I know. He he. He's from here. That's he, why he was so great. <laughs> that was the only thing that made him very unique, right? He had he. I mean, typically, typically you you have one area. He represented New York. He goes to Oakland. Everybody in Oakland loves him. Then he comes to L.A. Everybody in L.A. So he has like this. This weird like uh, 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 fan base where it's just so spread out, more Here's than anybody. The thing, man, the cream rises to the top. Tupac was the best lyricist ever, and yeah, yeah. I mean, like the poetry, like when he took time, like Hail Mary, the stuff that he says in that song. There's never been a rap song that that was on the level of that. That the that Machiavelli kind of- album is 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 insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it really is insane top to bottom. Brother, I got to go pick up food. Okay. So how many okay. more? Two I'm more. I'm sorry, we're, bro. We're on, we're on number four. Number four, Street Gospel Podcast, Furious Five. Best pizza in New York? Uh, Johnny's Pizza in Mount Vernon, New York. Mount Vernon, Johnny's Pizza. Yeah, it's it's, it's right near Yonkers. It's, it's a thin crust pie. You go to that guy, you know Barstool Sports? Yeah. He graded them third in the country. They gave him a 9-1. All right. Going to have yeah, to try so- yeah, Johnny's Pizzeria is the best. Johnny's Pizzeria. Last question, Furious Five. I'll let you go, man. Thank you for staying a little bit longer than, you, than we brother. planned, appreciate brother. Appreciate it. Uh, question number five: If you can work with anybody, the new Lilo right now, this guy could work with anybody in the business. Who would you work with? I mean, I'd always wanted to work with Pacino. I know he's older now, but that's something because we grew up in the eighties with De Niro, Pacino. I worked with De Niro, so now I want to work with Pacino. I'd like to work with somebody like, uh, like Joaquin Phoenix. Did you see his performance? And you know how much I can learn from a guy like that? Shh, that guy's one of the best around. That performance is one of the best performances by an actor ever. The Joker. Um, Christian Bale. Yeah. Another actor that I respect very much. Um, yeah, guys like that. Probably Joaquin, Christian Bale. You want to talk about director? I really like Darren Aronofsky. He did Black Swan. He did Requiem for a Dream. He did The Wrestler. Okay. Which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I love Mickey Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Yes, top notch. Yeah. So. Dope, man. Hey, man. I appreciate you coming out, bro. Thanks Thank for you, your brother. time, man. Have a good night, all right? 
Stay positive, man. We appreciate you. Keep that accountability up on the gram, too. I will, brother. And, you know, I'll tell you in person, happy, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your loved ones. Hey, you too, man. Have a good one, bro. Appreciate you. Have a good night. Thank you. you. Peace. Yo, that'll conclude this episode of the Street Gospel Podcast with Lilo Brancato Jr. Uh, C from the Bronx Tale. We had him on, yo. So uh, we'll get him on again one of these days. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. We out.